0: Um, so, uh, so I'm there, uh, it's me, it's Andrew, uh, Santino, uh-huh. and Elena Ferrante, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we're playing bocce as you do at these things, these sort of backyard BBQs. And, um, I said, Andrew, interesting, uh, fact about bocce, it's actually Italian for kiss, because <laughs> um, you're attempting to make the bocce ball kiss the Pauline. Uh-huh, and yes. uh, Elena goes, Elena goes, oh, I'll kiss the Pauline. And uh, she grabs Paulina Porzakova and just smooches her right on the lips. So Rick Ocasek's furious, you know?
1: And yeah.
0: uh, he starts throwing the bocce balls at, at Elena. Oh, that! And they're soft? Or what are they like? Uh, yeah, I, I, unfortunately, no. And, I, and, of course, I'm catching them all right before they get to her um because uh, you know athletically i'm so gifted but it was just a kind of scene that you wish wouldn't happen and all i wanted to do was give a trivia fact and now i'm at this like sort of brawl the <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah i mean that that's awful
1: that's such an awful i'm so sorry that that
0: was this morning yeah that was this morning about uh i think this was like uh, right around sunrise oh wow
1: i'm so sorry that happened we 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 do have to get into the show. I would love to talk more about this
0: Well, I a dramatic event. I imagine that could be something we deal with on the show. I, I mean, why? What do you have going on? Well,
1: I mean, Chris is here. We were going to talk. I think he was going to dish on um, Wahlberg. Just, to, just tell stories from the other guys and kind of dish on um, some secrets about what? Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah
2: I, can, I'm, I can dish on a lot
1: what? of
0: things. Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Ah, Jesus. I, I, I mean, can I just say? And I, obviously, I'm not there. It's not my show. Uh huh. But you've got Hayes Davenport and Chris Gethard, two of the key figures in one of the most mythologized television shows I can remember. Yeah. I, I mean. Yeah. You guys were on the ground floor right. for Big Lake. Do you yeah. know what that means? <laughs> and you're gonna talk about Walberg? Is he even still relevant? Is he even still doing movies? I mean I hear about Big Lake a lot. I haven't heard about Walberg yeah. quite a yeah, no,
1: time.
0: Yeah, no. Um I,
1: uh, Well, I don't know. It's up to I mean I, I I was not, Chris, I was not gonna Hey,
2: I'm an open book. Okay. My, my whole policy the past couple of years is just be honest about who I am, who I used to be, and anywhere you want to go, you know, I feel like it's part of my personal kind of code of ethics and code of healing, Okay, to be honest. So I whatever say, you want to do.
1: I appreciate you saying that. I have taken the opposite angle on this historically. I don't think I've ever told you he anything.
0: Hey, you yeah. shut down when yeah. I ask you about that. I mean, you clam up, and I'm thinking something pretty effed up must have gone on around Well, there. that's that, – I mean, that's
1: for Chris, and that's for me too, honestly. It's not – Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we could.
2: And I, I feel like I should thank you for that because I feel like part of your silence, and I know this is the case with you and a few other people, is is to protect – on some level, to protect, protect me and my reputation. It's that, not – I mean, it it means it's, honestly,
1: lot. that is part of it. It's not just you. I mean, saying your name and – uh now, even now, hearing your voice—I mean, we have never really talked since then. Uh-uh. Um, uh-uh. And I know you're doing great, but it's just like hearing your voice, and I'm there. I'm, I'm like back. Oh yeah, there. Oh yeah, in the Cheddar Creek. Yeah, set. Oh yeah. Um. But I, I yeah, I mean, well, we have a that policy—the honesty and openness. Um and it might might help us it
2: might help us put maybe it'll help that would be great that would be
1: great and maren does this
0: people love it when Marin does this yeah i Um, mean can we at long last pull back the curtain on you know some of this big lake stuff because there's so many rumors and so many theories about what went down yeah Uh, um okay
1: yes um I'll, i'll okay i'll start the show now and we will uh we will do that Thank you, because, Sean. Yeah, I, exactly I, I I appreciate. I would never have brought that up myself, I mean, so I appreciate
0: that. Because it's just like, come on! You're going to talk about what Walbert? What else? Weren't you you were in a scene in Iron Man three or something that got, got cut? cut. Out, that I got mean, cut. Yeah. You were going to talk about some of that. The I thought heat, people. The heat, I, The, it, the frankly, office.
1: I'm talking Parks and Recreation. I thought people might like to hear about some of that stuff. Broad City, and the, and the Broad new, City's hot. I thought he might like to promote his his season two of his his show, but um, I guess
0: okay, yeah, sure. But we'll yeah, talk about Big Lake. Okay, but it's I don't think people know about that. Yeah, it's more a Big Lake thing. I think for me and for America. So I, I do appreciate you digging in. Um, I got to get back to this barbecue. It's still going on. Oh, it is. Oh, I just I
1: just assumed that it sort of put an end to Have it. Have you been catching bocce balls this whole time?
0: Yeah, you can hear I'm a little out of breath, and I've been catching them, and it's starting to dent up my hands a little bit, but um, I've actually built up a pretty good callus around my palm. So anyway, um, I can't wait to hear the big leg scoop and uh, do talk about, you know, the incident.
1: Okay. Um, okay. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. See you, buddy. Um... Okay, great. So I'll just, I'll start, I'll say the introduction and then we'll get it. Is there anything you want me to stay away from? We can
2: go wherever you want.
1: Okay. Yeah. Just tell me during it if, if you're like, this is too hot.
2: I'll I'll use that phrase. That'll okay. be like our safe
1: word, okay. too hot. Yeah.
2: Our safe phrase. Okay. And thank you. Thank you for having my back. Yeah. And I feel like we kind of got thrown into this and I'm sure some painful things might come up for you, for me, but I feel like very you know maybe a little put on the spot but more so happy to finally have an op- opportunity to maybe share some of this stuff because there's been too many too many whispers and too many of my relationships affected by people who are scared to yes. ask me
1: what's true what's not and and if any of them were to listen to this if you were to suggest the show to them that could be great just for like our our numbers sure people who you think might be interested in the story maybe they yeah. tell their friends like that's kind of how yeah. This works. We don't have, like, a TV advertising budget. So it's, it's sure. So that's mostly how, right. how how we get ourselves and out I there. I
2: also feel like once this hits the Big Lake fan community...
1: The boards, the message boards. Oh, it's going to... Sp- yeah, yeah it, the, the news group. Things yeah. spread with those guys, yeah. Okay. Um. So let me... Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> hey, welcome to Hollywood Handbook, an insider's guide to kicking Button, and dropping names in the red carpet line. Back always in this industry we call showbiz. A uh, little different episode today. We have Chris Gethard here. Chris and I uh know each other from a few years ago we uh we both worked on the same show you all know this it's not a show i ever really talk about um despite you know a, a lot of people have suggested that i do an episode about this but chris is here i think he really is the person um to uh to address it uh the show's called big lake mm-hmm. uh chris you were the main character on the show. Some would
2: say I was the star.
1: Um, I don't need to say any of this. Josh Franklin was the character that he played. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll also play uh, the the theme song, which people will recognize. So the guitars. And A lot of people did fan fan lyrics with Big Lake Lake. <laughs> the map of pennsylvania in the background and all that um chris was the star of the show it was sort of a break big break for you um it was your first tv starring role yeah i was just
2: uh a kid from jersey hacking it out yeah in the New York City comedy scene, used to be theater before that,
1: and you just suddenly got this call, and like, would you like to and star in this uh, in this show? Yeah, um, I, I was a writer on the show at the time. I'm pour some water. Is that okay? You might. That's hear it great. On the it's cause good cause for, for texture. That's actually really nice. Great. Um, I have a feeling I'll need it. Uh, and another, you know, famously, uh, John Heater had dropped out of the yes. production yes. with. Um,
2: with I don't. I, I actually don't even know your timeline from mm-hmm. my timeline. He dropped out, and I believe it was less than two weeks before we shot our first episode.
1: Yeah, it was a very quick turnaround. I I think what I remember John saying at the time. We would talk in his dressing room a lot, and I know he was a little scared of what this character was doing mm-hmm. to his psyche, mind. Yeah, yeah. And this was the summer of the Dark Knight as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of in the air that, that like, we were dragging out some of these dangerous characters, like the Joker, like Josh Franklin. Yeah. That could sort of infect somebody's personality and almost end up wearing them like a suit. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of like Venom.
2: Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt, right away when I read the first script. Yeah. I auditioned, it came down, I believe it came down to me and-, and uh, Matt Bronger. Me and Matt Bronger. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think they only auditioned ten people. They they did callbacks for me and Matt Bronger, and uh, yeah, I got it. And and when I read the script, by the way, Matt Bronger also he it's very interesting because I've spoken to him and he says you know it's like this real path in our lives where we were similar people and now we're wildly different people. Yeah. And he was like, I regretted it when I didn't get Big Lake, but when I saw what it did, sure to you and a lot of other people, I'd I thank God.
1: And Heater is saying that as well. And I'm he's sure. actually become well, very he's never, religious, his he's Mormonism never, yeah, and all yeah, that.
2: He's never spoken to me. Uh-huh. And I don't think he ever will after mm-hmm. a lot of what happened. But yeah, I, as soon as I read that script, I said, Oh, this is this is not a situation where I step into the character of uh, Josh Franklin. This is a situation where the character of Josh Franklin steps into me. But and it does what he wants. At
1: this time in your career, you're yeah. saying like you, this is I got to do this, you know? Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I for years I've been around New York City. My best friends, Bobby Moynihan gets SNL. Yeah. Zach Woods gets The Office. These are, mm. I mean, these are my best friends. I see all these people who deserve it getting mm-hmm. these things. And for years people are telling me, you're the next guy. You've been one of the top dogs here for years. New York, UCB, it's such a hot place. Everybody's been waiting for you to break, and then I break. And I wasn't going to back down. You know, I, I read the page and I knew. Even on the page you could see whatever you guys were doing in the writer's room – that character was a bucking bronco, and it needed an actor who wasn't going to get thrown off. And I said, you know, I might break some bones. I got to pray that the clown comes and distracts this thing if it tries to step on me when the moment comes. But
1: yeah, and I remember when you sh- when you showed up, you were this like sort of wide eyed, like innocent, yeah, kid, yeah, basically. scared to
2: speak, scared to stand up for myself. Yeah,
1: but also very happy to be there uh, and so friendly with everybody. Ready to ready to attack. I wish I got
2: more time in the writer's room, but. The head writer of the show did immediately make it clear that I was not welcome. I didn't meet most of the writers. It was actually—I I don't know if you remember this—you and I actually spoke largely about basketball when we oh, met because sure. I believe there was a directive that I was not to be let in on anything about the actual show.
1: I and and I think that was about the, the fear of the infection spreading.
0: Yeah,
2: uh,
1: big time. You know, we we did try to keep you totally contained, one hundred percent in the dark at most times. Um, and the. F- first time I remember you sort of beginning to turn was, I think it was a reaction sort of to the first time you got makeup on. Mm -hmm. The first time you were in makeup, I remember sort of you seeing, seeing you look in the mirror and I actually think that, I mean, I know this isn't possible, but that your reflection in the mirror was different. Absolute fact.
2: You're not the only person who saw that. I saw it as myself. Okay, I saw it, but that's when I realized I, I was seeing. It, it was a very strange thing for me. Other people have said this. There were other people in the room who said that when I looked in that mirror, the image on the other side of the mirror was slightly different
1: than me. It was smiling. It had yeah, kind of like a different a, a jawline, cruel smile,
2: firmer jaw, jawline, smaller forehead,
1: very handsome.
2: Yeah, extremely handsome. Uh, much more of a leading man than the character actor I was born mm-hmm. to play. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw myself as that. That's the weird thing is that I didn't see my own. Re- Tell me if this makes sense. It's not like I saw my reflection, Chris Gethard, in the mirror. It's that I presumed that I was Josh Franklin. You saw
1: Josh Franklin in the mirror. And, and, so.
2: I, and, I, and I knew it had overtaken me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I immediately was that Josh quickly. Franklin. Yes. Okay. It was, the, yeah, the makeup. Those makeup ladies were great at their job. I don't know what kind of makeup they were using or what kind of techniques they were taught in, but... In order to change a mirror image. Striking. It also makes
1: me wonder if they were just putting makeup on the mirror. It's... I mean, whatever...
2: I don't know what kind of techniques they were using, but I think, again, the the head writer of that show, Lou Morton, he had a lot of very interesting ideas, and I I would... I would, I I was not shocked to learn that our makeup artists had training not only in makeup, but... Shamanistic In the dark arts. Yeah, like shamanistic Native American ceremonies that I think tended, yes, towards the dark arts. And yes. a lot of experience with peyote-based um, journeys, visions. And I, I think, you know, one thing I will say about my downfall, and I'm sure we'll get into all the specifics, is that there have long been rumors that there were people putting substances in things like makeup. Things okay. Like hair
1: products, yeah,
2: to maybe again, I think Lou had some ideas about how to push us to a place where I think it had a very seventies feel, you know it had a very seventies director feel,
1: right, just like creating an environment on set that would lead to the most chaotic yeah, material and yeah. and and pull yeah. whatever. Exactly. Came out Let's of that. Let's not forget,
2: Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were the EPs, and they wanted chaos. Sure. They wanted a sitcom infected with they chaos. They worship chaos. Oh, yeah. They, it's the altar that they, that they kneel at. And I think they wanted it to be a sitcom that was infected with chaos. And I think a lot of people maybe felt some pressure to take that as far as it could go as quickly as possible. Yeah. I'm the first to admit I was in over my head. I wasn't ready. And uh, I took a back seat, and I let Josh lead the charge. I let Josh Franklin lead the charge, and that's a... It took me a long time to put him back in his in his box, and it's a box that every single day I have to remind myself it is not to be
1: opened. So let's talk about the first day on set then. And by the way, I okay. I, I, I hope, if you ever feel, by the way, in talking about Josh, yeah. if you feel him like re-emerging at Absolutely, any time, yeah. please, please let me know. I will. And I'll warn you. Because I've... And I'll call whoever. There's
2: moments of sadness. There's moments of rage. There's moments of fear where I do feel him, and I have to quell that. But if it's okay with you, maybe I'll just, if you want to just copy this down from my phone, this is my emergency contact. Okay,
1: great. Yes. Okay, Don't great. say
2: that number, obviously, into the mics, but that is my wife. That's your wife. And she knows exactly. She can. She's kind of like a, what was that guy's name? The dog whisperer?
1: Uh, Cesar. Yeah, she knows how to talk to Josh.
2: Better than okay. anyone did on set, I can say that.
1: Wow um okay uh first day you're uh you, we're, we're shooting the first episode which is where josh uh comes home from uh, josh him.
2: franklin a disgraced wall street wunderkind 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 wonderkind Vunderkind? yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a financial hot shot and uh, or he was
1: at least. he was mm-hmm.
2: turns out he was making some shady deals on the side Has to head home to his small town of Big Lake, Pennsylvania. Move back in with his parents. Back in with his younger brother, who has his own dark side. A lot of questions surrounding him. Played by the fantastic Dylan Dylan Blue. Blue. Uh, Madman in his own right, it would turn out. Uh, But yeah, disgraced Wall Street banker, 2010. Topical,
1: edgy. Let's go at it, doggy. And it wasn't something that a lot of people were doing. People, like adults normally live in their own house. Absolutely. The idea of putting an adult... Back in his parents' yeah. house, sort of like a child, was yeah. th- that kind of chaos. And
2: there were yeah. a lot of think pieces about that. Can can the sitcom mm-hmm. handle something as revolutionary as a a guy has to move back home with his parents? Are, are we going to break the form here in a way America's ready for? Let alone the Comedy Central audience.
1: So we are all, you know, we're getting into this first day on on set, and we're all sort of like, okay, you know, maybe this this is sort of the day where I guess we'll find out if this is going to work and uh, you had your first scene I, with Horatio sands, I think, yeah, I believe so, um, and i i I think it was this day in the first scene where you where you shot him, yeah, with a gun in the hand, is yeah. that right, yeah, okay, it and as a
2: twenty two it okay. wasn't the most powerful gun, um but yeah
1: and it's and i it's big that you're saying that you did this now, because at the time you were able to get him to say that he had done it, yeah, himself, yeah. and that it was like a Brandon Lee situation.
2: Yeah, I got him to say that he thought it was a prop gun. But right. the truth of the matter is, before I read the first script for Big Lake, I had never yeah. fired or owned a gun. I had no interest in it. I am a, I grew up in the Northeast, very liberal. It's not culturally something I, I am aware of. But I read the script of Big Lake and. I did before our first shooting day.
1: I Yeah.
2: without even really knowing why. Yeah. I did purchase a gun.
1: And your excuse th- at the time that this was like a prop gun. Yeah. and that it was accidentally filled, you know, filled with live ammunition or something. W- w- there was no sequence in the scene where anyone was supposed to be. No, using a gun. I don't think a gun was ever yeah. supposed to it, appear in the show.
2: What I explained to everybody and what they bought was that I said, you know, I'm a very traditional actor. I've taken a lot of very hardcore acting classes. And one right. thing that I was always told in, in the various schools of acting is is that you want your character have, to have a secret. Something that you know that the world doesn't know. An actor's secret. This is a very common acting tool. And a lot of times people say, oh, um, you know, in college my character uh, kissed someone of the same sex. Or... Or maybe um, this character stole money from his mother. They give themselves like a theoretical secret. But my actor's secret, my character's secret yeah. was that I had a gun on me at all times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. and it, But it wasn't a secret Not for very that. long. No, well, Horatio,
2: it's weird. You have to tell me how you prefer the phrasing because I want to say Horatio maybe made a joke that Put me on the spot, made me feel exposed. But the truth is, it put Josh on the spot. It made Josh feel exposed. Right.
1: I I I remember his character Glenn was yeah. maybe gently ribbing Josh about his situation yeah. living with his parents, maybe yeah. comparing him to like some sort of baby.
2: Yeah. And for and you got to realize that for Josh, the scene never the scene didn't end when when, uh, when Don Scardino when called cut for Josh. Josh lived that world. Mm -hmm. Josh lived in that reality that we couldn't see. And then the rest of us stepped into it. And when action was called, it was like, we got to see it again and pick it up in progress. But for Josh, that was his world. That was his life. And you know, I was, again, I, I know it sounds strange, maybe dramatic, but I was just the vessel that Josh was living inside. It was like a real... Was it Gozer or Zool? It was Gozer, right, that overtook Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver?
1: Uh, Yes, that was it Gozer. It was a, it's
2: kind of like a Gozer, but yeah. yeah. Cut would yell, and Cut would be said, and everyone else would stop, and the jokes would come out, And uh, but for Josh, they didn't stop. And unfortunately, what we found was that Josh and I were such a good match that sometimes when Cut was said, Josh didn't go away. Mm-hmm. Josh was still standing there, and people learned that very quickly, and Horatio learned that Uh. And every, I made sure Deborah Rush saw that incident. Uh, she never liked me.
1: Let me ask you this: I, I personally would go home and go to sleep immediately, and yeah. like I would at the time, I was usually sleeping like fourteen hours a night, yeah. and most of that time, I never found myself what, what was going on with you of like experiencing the character in my waking hours. But I would sort of live in Big Lake in my dreams, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um. I'm curious what you would do if, if Josh is still a, a, a part of you when the show is over. What, like, what were you doing at well, night? Well, it's very interesting
2: time? that you bring up sleep stuff because, first of all, one thing we should mention is that you're not the only person that had dreams of living in the Big Lake world. Uh-huh. And one thing that we all started to notice was that as it became clear that many of the members of the Big Lake cast and crew were having these very strange, intense dreams of being on set, being in that world, yeah. we all started to talk about it and realize we actually were interacting Head in interacted, dreams yes. that we all remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were living in a world where our daytime and nighttime activities started to merge. So for me, as far as sleep went, um, I'll, I'll, it'll be a two-part thing. You ask, what was I doing at night? First of all, I rarely slept, mm-hmm. especially in the first few weeks. And I could not figure out what was going on. And then what I came to realize was that I needed to, every night, if I wanted to sleep, yeah. I needed to look into a mirror and ask Josh for permission to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. he would grant me that permission. Sometimes he would not. It was a case-by-case thing.
1: And if he said no, where? what were
2: you going to oh, well, do then? Well, anything he wanted. I mean, there's some things that I'm going to come clean. I'm going to come clean about a lot of things, and yeah. I want to thank you for protecting me and letting this be on my own
1: terms. Um, and this is from a legal standpoint, if it's on a podcast, you're, you're or it's essentially a confessional yeah. atmosphere um, and so, yeah. you, you know, you're not able, able to be prosecuted for any of this, but you know that. So go Yes,
2: ahead. absolutely. And you are, is it, do you still have your medical license? Or are you still technically a psychiatric it, professional?
1: As a, as a podcast host, if you deal with like kind of showbiz anxiety and yeah. things like that. Yes. Um, at, so there's some patients. Once you clear the 50 episode hurdle, which, yeah. you know, not all of us do. And I wish you... Uh, luck in, in 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 that respect. Um, that's an automatic yeah. honorary doctorate. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, there's a few things mm-hmm. um, that I'll just come clean about. That there's always been rumors about some of my behavior. I think the world knows that things got very dark and very crazy. Some of those rumors are not true. Some of them are. Um, you know, one of the first things I'll say is that uh, Josh loved paying. For pussy, mm-hmm. loved it, mm-hmm. loved it more. It it was you know, a power thing. Sure, he loved that he because he was
1: them. a banker.
2: Yeah, it was a banker. He fell from grace, but it was a way to demonstrate that power and take that manhood back. And yeah. I'll never forget because it's a very strange thing. When I say that Josh lived inside me, I could not control Josh. I could not stop Josh. That being said, I was there witnessing it. I could hear. What Josh was saying, it was like I was a bystander. Yeah. It was it was as if I was watching a movie from the perspective of my own eyes. Mm-hmm. I was seeing what he was seeing. I was hearing what he was saying. I was all these interactions were things I could see. And and one of the things that was one of the very early and most disturbing things to me was that Josh Franklin, the character I played on Big Lake, used my body mm-hmm. to—I'll uh, give him credit—make love to a prostitute. Mm-hmm. It was it was loving. And as soon as we, should I say we, he finished, he said, God, that felt good. Mm -hmm. And she looked him right in the eye and said, it is my father's birthday. And I never forgot that. That's when I knew things were out of control. And that was the first time that I had a conversation with Josh and Amir, which many people, yourself included, witnessed the larger, more intense versions of as that became not just... Habitual but necessary.
1: The conversations, yes, uh, and so constant that it ended up being a lot of stuff that we had to shoot. That kind of went into the show. A
2: lot of big the shooting. Dance. The, the yeah. shooting
1: process was really interesting, partially because we would find, in addition to interacting with each other in our dreams, yeah. we would sometimes like like get a couple scenes done somehow, and like, they w- it was odd. Was we would show odd. up the next day and find that we had some stuff in the there can. There was stuff
2: in the can that we all together swore happened in a dream world, but it mm-hmm. existed. So it started to become, is reality bending or yeah. is, are, are these insomnia issues affecting all of our memories? But a lot of Big Leg fans don't know this, and this was something that uh, didn't show up, you know. The DVDs sold like wildfire. Yeah. And one thing that wasn't in the director's commentary, many scenes with Josh Franklin, people don't realize, the cameras are actually being pointed at mirrors, not at me directly. Mm -hmm. Because Josh lived in the mirror. Yes. So they would film the mirror to get the best performance. Mm -hmm. And it would erase a lot of the exhaustion and fear in my eyes and body language.
1: Should we play a couple of clips and just like find out what was... We'll we'll hear the clip and then like yeah, we'll yeah maybe sort I can
2: give you a little bit
1: a context of what was sort of going yeah. on for you in that yeah. in that clip. Um, so this is from episode five. Josh goes to work. Josh's dad, yeah. played by the late great James Rebhorn, it uh, was insisting like constantly, yeah. hoping that Josh would sort of James Rebhorn. Uh-
2: a great man. Yes. A truly great man.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I'll say again on my end, uh, many of the revolutionary aspects of Big Lake, which I think some, in some ways it set a lot of trends that are now becoming more and more sure. standard. Again, the network sat us all down. They sat Adam Will down, Don Scardino, Lou Morton, and myself. And they mm-hmm. said, we do not know if America is ready for a sitcom with a title as bold as Josh Goes Back to Work.
1: And be- because that was... What was happening in that episode? Yeah. Uh, he, went, he went back to back. You almost learn. did not need to watch the show. Yeah. And I think
2: some- That's what they said. You're letting the cat out of the bag. Everybody sees this is going to see that it's titled, Josh goes back to work. They're going to say, I get it. And we had to say, no, it's the quality of the writing. It's
1: the- it's And the suspense of like, what is he going to do? What's the profession? What's the work? There's so How many different times.
2: He messed it up one time. Is, he, is this a pattern in his life or are we going to see this character grow and, th- and thrive?
1: And in this in this case, in this episode, he was going to work as a busboy, I believe, at his father's restaurant, Cheddar Creek. Um, uh, uh, By the way. Alongside the fabulous Britt Lauer. Yes. As Meg. Britt Lauer. By the way, some of the names on this show, it was almost like Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like, and I remember that, like, yeah, like, I, I think it was, was like. Admiral Akbar Nian Numb, Josh, <laughs> th- Meg. Three weeks uh, of of name work And Yeah uh, And there was Chris Parnell Of course Was, was fantastic uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he was at the show uh, And he played Your teacher Yeah uh, Whose name Was Chris Right Josh, Chris, Glenn Meg Jeremy Mom Dad But let's play this scene So this is um I, I guess you're about to go back to work At the restaurant And or, I'm sorry Not you Josh
2: yeah. And he has some. It's, eye- it's hard for I me at, at times as well. By uh, the way, I've always wanted to ask, if I can, before we get into it. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Who
2: was responsible for naming the restaurant Cheddar Creek?
1: Cheddar Creek? I think that was Lou Morton's sort of dream restaurant that he was hoping to launch as a result of this show. Yeah. The show yes. at one point. Like this, a Bubba Gum Shrimp type thing. Yes. Yeah. And this did change, uh was sort of a a test market for. Mm-hmm. For a restaurant, it was like I, a business and I have heard through the,
2: though he doesn't, I think speak to me to to my great shame, and I understand why. I, do, I have heard that Lou Morton is now a very successful restaurateur.
1: Sure, not doing the Cheddar Creek stuff necessarily, but the Fishbone Grill is um, is is Lou Morton's restaurant. So do anyway, you want sorry. to get into yeah, this? Yeah, I'm sorry. I in this clip, tough. and if you don't want, to, I don't know if you're stalling because you like don't really want. It's to. It's like, tough. I
2: mean, I definitely. I'm trying to maybe charm my way out of it, but I need to face this down. So yeah, let's do it. Okay. Josh goes back. Josh goes to work. Goes and this, back is, to but work, well, this, this is it.
1: This is at home in the kitchen where the family would often spend their uh-huh. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's Josh. He's yeah. got he's got a few ideas for how Cheddar Creek uh, could 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 work. Good morning, boys. Hey.
0: Josh, he's going to be a great waiter. Yeah, but I'm not going to just be a waiter. I've also got a lot of great ideas. All right, Josh, don't shoot too high. I just need you to bust tables, nothing more. How about this one? Leftovers. Yesterday's food, reheated today, half price,
2: leftovers.
1: Boom. Boom.
0: Solid gold right there. Josh, that's disgusting, and it's definitely a health code violation. Okay.
1: So let's, yeah. let's talk about this. Scene. And I see it now by the way, the the, the mirrors thing. I I I guess I wasn't set for a lot of this it's stuff. Odd,
2: it's like once It's like a different you'd, person. You'd never notice it if you didn't know, but now that you know, when you guys all mm-hmm. go back and watch your D V D box sets of Big Lake season one, you will notice the mirror thing.
1: Uh so you're in this in this scene. Do you mm-hmm. remember can you go back to like what's sort of going on with you as you're pitching the as you're pitching the leftovers idea?
2: I can say again. All of, it's I, I. I feel like I always have to explain the perspective. I remember being inside my body.
1: Yeah. While it happened,
2: very vividly. Um, I remember Josh. He didn't want to listen. He only wanted to talk. He knew better than father.
1: Mm-hmm. Father doesn't
2: always know. Father thinks mm-hmm. father has the answers, but Josh has the answers. And
1: you were saying, let's listen to father. And
2: yeah. And yeah. I, in my head, I was thinking thoughts. Me, Chris. I was thinking things like Josh, calm. Down and then Josh would hear my thoughts and think back. Josh does not calm down. Josh is the alpha. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Josh
2: runs the show. Yeah. Jeremy thinks he runs the show. Oh, Jeremy is younger. Jeremy sells drugs. Jeremy is cute. It is quirky. Yeah. But Josh shall dominate. That was kind of Josh's mantra. Josh shall dominate.
1: And let's and uh, we we should talk about the drugs thing because this was around. I think before going into the show, you had never done a drug of no. any kind. No. And I feel like I, I I watched you experiment with the spectrum of of drugs, everything over like a like a lunch.
2: Yeah, it was. Josh liked drugs, and yeah. the problem was a huge problem for me, which is one of the main things I struggle with to this day, physically and mentally. Is that yeah. Josh loved drugs, and in the world of Big Lake, Pennsylvania, Cheddar Creek, that world that lived on, you know before action and after cut, he did a lot of drugs. I had it, and my body was becoming addicted to drugs, even though mentally this character was driving the car. So I spent a lot of years unraveling these addictions, and they were fierce. I mean, it was a... you know, start it started with the small stuff like PCP, right? Gateway drug. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, and that, of course, led to marijuana. And
1: you were shooting all of these things, I should say, just like, yeah. like in mostly in your neck.
2: Yeah, it was. It was the, may, the makeup had a real issue because I was collapsing veins actively, yeah, one by one in my neck. Also, I mean, I was I was aiming for the arteries, you know. It was yeah, really so you were
1: mainlining mainline weeds. Sometimes. Yeah,
2: I was. I was. I was Josh had many methods of preparing getting THC out of what you did. and we were mainlining PCP, we were mainlining
1: mm-hmm.
2: marijuana, uh cough syrup, yeah, um sucretes,
1: mm-hmm. uh
2: drinking ambisol. Yeah. Which is the oral numbing agent. Sure. No, I know. Yeah. Main I mean mainlining, injecting, drinking ambasol.
1: Yeah. Mainlining ambasol. Because there are a lot of we did a lot of ADR stuff. Where you visually your mouth is immobile is just like slack, yeah, It's just hanging open. Um, but we had to sort of like ADR a lot of your yeah. I'd say about eighty-five percent of
2: the show is ADR
1: between cuts in this scene. Yeah, sometimes you 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 your character appears to be asleep, but we would be ADRing this stuff about the left. Yeah, there
2: are many times where I remember where the producers actually they do you remember the. The standing bed, we had a name for it. But the thing that they would they would convince Josh to lean against and then strap him down and force him to ADR the actual lines from the actual script. Yeah,
1: it was like the the Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yeah.
2: And he'd be yelling like, "Free this body! Free this body! Right? You must free this body!" Yeah. And they they'd have to say no until you actually say the lines. No, you can't sit there in silence. You can't just say the things you want to say. Although right. I, will, I will give Josh credit. A lot of the sort of demonic things he wound up yelling, I thought were actually pretty decent improv, sure, um but that being said, yeah, there were a lot of times where where my body had to be i, I would when i would i would have you know and uh, over time became more and more constant that Josh wasn't my body until clearly it was a stretch where I was lost, and Josh was all that remained twenty four hours a day it was Josh, but before that stage, there were times where I would see these bruises all over my body right. And I wouldn't really understand. And then I'd remember, yeah, physically I was being manhandled so that the producers and Don Scardino would sometimes personally have to physically brutalize me.
1: That's really, I think, why he was hired uh, yeah, was for his Task physical strength. And I also think that might uh, have influenced why Josh yeah. chose you. Yeah. Because it, it was kind of counterintuitive at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Bronger had certainly a lot more credits. Yeah. Uh still does I bet. Would he have chosen you because you do have experience in martial arts?
2: Yeah. I was I, it was uh I will tell you oh my god. I mean that here I'll tell you something I don't even know if you know. Okay. If anybody knows. Yeah. But yeah, I I was a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mhm. I think Josh really enjoyed that. And uh one one thing that I think you you and a lot of the people who were involved in Big Lake can vouch for is that um, that I don't know if the world knows. None of these teeth are my real teeth. Oh, wow. He, Did yeah, you know oh, sorry, that? Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I I mean... If you look at a picture of me before Big Lake and in the first half of Big Lake, yeah. my teeth are drastically different than the second half
1: of Big Lake and beyond. That that makes sense because also in some of these sequences, um, your the number of teeth that you have is... Changing varies, wildly.
2: It varies greatly. Well, Josh, it turns out, was very into the Kumite scene.
1: Okay. Kumite, yeah. you know, underground fighting. Yeah, and tell tell the audience.
2: Well, yeah. So I didn't know about this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When I got into Big Lake and a lot of this started to happen and things started to get out of control, I would find myself Googling a lot of different things. And I would sometimes even find... Um, Numbers in my phone that I had no recollection of putting there. Yeah, And it turns out that there's a whole... In New York, there's an underground Kumite scene. Kumite, I'm not sure of the exact definition. My understanding is that it's, you know, a large-scale fighting melee. Okay. And what would happen is that there was this organization... I don't know much about it. It was very underground, but they would secure parking garages. Uh They would shut down the top floor, very top floor parking garage. And what would happen is... You would drive a car to the top floor of the parking garage. Mm-hmm. You would park it. And the cars would all park in a circle with the lights, the light. headlights on, pointing inward, yeah. and you would remain in your car. You could have up to five people in your car. And once the circle was complete, once the last car completed the circle, and some people strategize, is it better to be the first car, last car, what psychologically has the most effect on your opponents? But once the last car locked in and completed the circle, mm-hmm. the fighters would emerge mm-hmm. and fight inside the ring formed by the circles. You could have all five people going at once and try to, some people would have unified moves as a unit. Some people would just be five individual fighters that were all good at what they did and linked yeah. up because they felt like their skills were complementary. These were big money fights, by the way. Mm-hmm. These are not small entries. A lot of my Big Lake money went into the entry fees, which is underground kumbates. I mean, these are yeah. this is cash. One of the cars, the trunk was full of cash. Mm-hmm. And this was a situation where, I mean, these would be gang brawls. Sometimes individuals would emerge, groups would emerge, and it was all about whoever, last. I mean, last man standing, their car split the money. Mm -hmm. Their car split that money. They got to drive away with the car that had the money in the trunk. Uh, These were money trunk kumites is what they were called. And, uh, yeah, this was a thing that was very odd because... uh, You know, I lost a lot of teeth, a lot of it. Well, let's
1: talk about your team as well, because you were forcibly recruiting Chris Parnell to attend these events with you to use him as a weapon. Yeah. Because you're not allowed technically to bring, it's all fists, Yeah. right?
2: Yeah, it is. There's no weapons. um, But Chris, he's very light. He's Mm -hmm. he's surprisingly, not surprised. I mean, he looks like a, a... a well, a properly proportioned man. I'm not right. saying that he he is he's chubby in any way, but his actual bone density,
1: mm-hmm. it's lighter, bird like, yeah, bird like,
2: yeah, and, and also he was really hot at the time. I mean, we're talking, doc, right. we're talking SNL, we're talking, yeah. we're talking Lonely Island, we're mm-hmm. talking Doctor Spaceman, Thirty Rock, sure.
1: So and he, all the Lazy Sunday all, stuff that launched the whole, I mean, we don't have to get into that. Yeah. The, I mean, the cupcakes and- the, Believe me. Believe
2: yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, like, and he never would have stopped. Narnia. Yeah. He, and, and I always remember too, I always felt bad because, you know, it's fair to say that I, Josh, but Josh was inside me. I couldn't control it. I ruined the Big like opportunity. Chris was not going to walk away from all that Lonely Island and 30 Rock stuff. Yeah. Except that it was a surefire. I mean, this was a a slam dunk. Yes. Everybody involved said nothing can go wrong. Well, a lot went wrong. Josh went wrong. I Mm -hmm. went wrong. But yeah, you know, you'd show up at these uh, Money Trunk Kumites and people would see, they'd be like, are you, I mean, you, like, you're like the Red Vines guy. You're the rap guy. Yeah. Saturday Night Live. You're Tina Fey's doctor. Yeah. They distract them. Time to strike. I'm the jujitsu wing. My five, you know, we had four fighters and Chris Parnell. Yeah, Chris is the distraction. Chris is the weapon. I'm jujitsu. We got a Muay Thai guy. We got a Savat guy, French kickboxing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and we had a, a Greco-Roman wrestler. And yeah, it was a really good team. And what we would kind of do would be linger around the border, mm-hmm. try to spread out. We wore distinctive outfits that had reflective materials so that you could always see the movements of the people in your team, mm-hmm. kind of let everybody else take out who's going to take out, see who the real deal players are.
1: Yeah, and also you could become sort of a human hall of mirrors. Yeah, big time. And make it impossible for your opponents mm-hmm. to know which one yeah. they should punch. Yeah, it was really – it was
2: it was remarkable strategy, and uh, Josh really did assemble. Pretty fantastic team, but I certainly – Took My body certainly took its fair share of lumps
1: mm-hmm.
2: in these fights. And yeah, the, no one was happy when I'd show up, literally having not slept yeah. with less teeth. I mean, I was doing kumites all night, most nights. And then on the weekends, it was, uh, you know, the riverboats got involved. And that was the real addiction at the end of the day.
1: That ended, that did, the, the riverboat action did. The riverboat gambling was like. The worst part of it.
2: It's crazy because you'd think someone who's mainlining so many drugs into a system would get addicted to that. Mm-hmm. For some reason, my, my chemistry, my mentality, riverboat gambling wound up being the vice that I think did the most damage to me.
1: Sure. And I would, uh, just so we don't leave this out, you also did develop an intentional sex addiction. Like you, you know, you announced that you were about to get addicted to sex. On purpose, uh, and yeah, I, stop me if this is not something you want to get into. You did end up having intercourse with every person on the crew,
2: yeah, and most
1: every of, below the line person,
2: yeah, and a lot of the a lot of the above the line people, okay, a decent amount, less, but the below the line people, yeah, which was you know half sexual pleasure, half. Dominance. Dominance, uh, some elements of let's get them in my team. Sure. You know, some class warfare efforts there. I think Josh was really trying to divide the haves from the have nots and and make himself the man of the people so that his behavior could continue.
1: Using his greatest asset, which is your. You're cock, I mean, I'll just say yeah, it. I yeah, mean, I mean, that was yeah. legendary
2: before Big Lake, and it right. remains so to this day.
1: And I also think he sort of used, uh, this was all, because you weren't eating a lot of this no, in this period, no, no, a no, lot no, of no. traditional Except
2: food. Except a lot of, really only on the weekends at the buffet, the casino buffets. But that was, I mean, I'll never forget. For me, because there were a lot of rock bottoms, there were a lot of rock bottoms, but yeah. I think one of the main ones was like Riverboat Casino. You know, it's Friday. You, 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 we would rap Fridays. And I would, I would be immediately on the internet, when is the next flight that I can get right now that will take me to, uh, you know, to the Mississippi River?
1: Right. Be- where anything, it's river law.
2: Time. Yeah, river law.
1: Uh, once you get out there.
2: And I mean, I'm booking flights on sometimes half an hour notice. This is not cheap. Yeah. And I'm getting to these boats and I'm disappearing onto these boats, much to the producer's chagrin. And I'm gambling. I'm playing Let It Ride. All weekend long, just let it ride. My favorite card game. Mm-hmm. Also Josh's favorite card game, which was one of the weird crossover points for us. And then these buffets, peel and eat shrimp, peel and eat shrimp. My rock yeah. bottom, I remember probably my ultimate rock bottom is eating so much peel and eat shrimp that I'm like, I don't like the peeling. I don't like the eating. Mm-hmm. I don't like the shrimp. Why am I doing this? It's compulsion. I'm out of control. I wake up. I wake up and a riverboat casino, a riverboat casino porter is shaking me. And he's going, sir, sir, you have to head back to your room, sir. And I've got, you know, the meatless husks of shellfish all over me, the table, the floor. Mm -hmm. And that was a real moment of what am I doing? Why have I let this being inhabit me and and lead to these behaviors? So, yes, you are correct. I was not eating. No one saw me eat on set.
1: It was. You would sort of fill up for the week. Yeah. And then the Josh could sort time. of uh, sustain himself on your teeth. Yeah. For, for the rest of the week. You would mm-hmm. sort of use that as sustenance. Yeah. And also like sexual adrenaline, I think he would be able to convert into calories somehow. Yeah. But great. I remember them sending me in to talk to you because we would talk about basketball sometimes. Yeah. Josh had a lot of kind of racist. Angles on yeah. the uh, on the NBA is, mm-hmm. is my memory of it. He yeah. was like a fan, but he had a lot of changes he would make oh, yeah. that were sort Segregation of—
2: Segregation-based. Yeah, 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 it was very disturbing. It was really, really disturbing.
1: And, and he would say, uh, where are the white Globetrotters a lot? Which was like—which is not an NBA thing. But he, he was hoping for an all-white Globetrotter team— uh, that could play some black guys and like and he would say like we'll see how they like it anyway uh so they were like you have this thing with him like what you go in and talk to him about the riverboat stuff and i remember saying like please go to atlantic city it's so close yeah it's driving foxwood distance. something like that but it really wasn't
2: about the it gambling it was about it, the it, river it was the lure of the river it was the paddle wheels Josh it its, oh, its own song the That's- Calliope, the steam-powered Calliopes to do 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 to do to do those tight you know um, it was the whole allure of the river culture itself, and I'll, I'll say this: for as crazy as things got on the big Lake set, you have not seen crazy until you have dealt with river people. There's yeah. river people. there's people whose whole lives there's people who spend their whole lives never touching that shore. Sure. they spend their whole life on the on the Mississippi.
1: Do you want to play another clip?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what? The first one was really cathartic, and there's nothing I'd love to do more than play another clip of Big Lake.
1: This one is from the episode Lee Harvey Oswald, which uh, is, of course, the episode where um, Glenn Horatio Sands find out, finds out that Lee Harvey Oswald used to live in his house, <laughs> and then Josh is always coming up with money-making schemes, yeah. and his plan is that they're going to put Big Lake on the map by turning this house into a museum. Yeah. And so this is sort of. And
2: I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. What a visual punchline!
1: Oh yes, I mean, it's not in this scene. So maybe we you... can maybe discuss later. If okay. We okay. Choose. Yeah. Um, so let me play this. Let me play this clip.
2: This twentieth century history exam, only test I ever failed. Kind of devastated me. I left it at your house so my
0: parents wouldn't see it. I told my parents it was mine. Yeah, they're real proud of my improvement. <laughs> threw me a pizza party.
1: This went over a lot of people's heads at the time. I remember people being like, what does that joke mean? And it's like, Glenn was not good yeah, at school. Was, me,
2: bad for me, was great for him.
1: Yes, and so but his parents were happy yeah. uh, that, that that what would... Some people might think it was a bad grade, was a great grade for Glenn.
2: But it's, it's interesting because I, I remember a lot of the critical reviews missed that joke and a lot of the fan yeah. chatter missed that joke. But luckily... The live studio audience that was there laughing did not miss that joke it for hit, all of our yeah, stuff. It, it hit big. Yeah.
1: yeah, we had to turn it down. Yeah. I remember potting down the audience for I, that we one.
2: We had to come out and ask all those live human beings who were there to maybe yeah. please don't. To you stop know, because it, it, it was like almost like a Kramer situation. Yeah. Like, we know you guys get it. We know you want to show your support, but right. it's maybe overtaking things a little bit. So, all of you live human beings who are definitely on this. Studio Floor, while we shoot this, need to just maybe be respectful of the process.
0: You're such a good student, Josh, but you really pooped the crib on this one. Yeah, I
1: didn't
2: study. I had a real problem with procrastination back then. I could procrastinate to anybody. The girl didn't even need to be hot.
1: It's uh, the same thing. Like uh, he, He's talking about jerking off. Uh, he's, he's, it's unclear if he's confusing the word procrastinate with the word masturbate or if he just equates those two things. But um, he's he he is masturbating to the girls. Yeah, and I, I,
2: one thing we should mention is um, that joke was not in the script. No,
1: this and is a product of
2: far of a from, twisted mind. Far from the only time that Josh insisted on talking about masturbation in an otherwise masturbation-free scene.
0: Hey, look, my dad's old hats. Oh, let me see. Hey. Probably look like our dads. Stay away from Asian girls. They'll give you chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to pop your cherry, boy? <laughs> Costs a lot of money to make pipe bombs these days. <laughs> I, don't, I don't drive around half the county selling fake Bibles just to come home to your crap. <laughs> oh, Dad. Anyway, I got these books up here, too.
2: Can we, can we pause were- it a second? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, nothing gave me, as an actor, greater joy than being in the scene where I got to help set up the exposition like I did so skillfully in that scene and then just, you know, take a step back, hang back. You're the T. Just listen to Chris and Horatio. Just nail those jokes, right? Yeah. Right. Just stand back and watch, baby. I set it up, and then right when it's time to start mm-hmm. reaping the benefits, I get out of there, let some other people take the charge and grab them laughs. That was one of the great joys in my life and my Big Lake experience.
1: But I think the um, a lot of the laughs are on your – reaction shots the way yeah. you would kind of yeah. roll your eyes shake yeah. your head uh-huh. um the way I was
2: so enthusiastic about that bold faced racist asian joke
1: yeah you give a double thumbs up
2: yeah it's big time double thumbs up right to the camera
1: and that was my i don't want to like you know like it, as a writing staff you know this is all like a collaborative effort i don't yeah. want to say what stuff is mine and, like, what is other people's. um, Was uh, the
2: Asian joke, because I I would say there were, I remember at least two other remarkably anti-Asian jokes. Sure. One was a picture-based joke where the joke was that all. Well, you. The joke, I know, I uh, forgot it. You were looking at a picture of an Asian person, and I believe the joke was, I remember this family, this is either the mother, father, daughter, son. The joke being all Asian people look the same. It was a joke from Big Lake that I remember, and. I wonder who it, I have no idea who was so anti Asian on the other side. You have to staff, remember but, that
1: this was pre Lin Sanity. This was like a different yeah, if we, you remember what America was like back then, mm-hmm. there were certain like prejudices at the time that yeah. like don't really exist anymore mm-hmm. and you could say certain things. Yeah. Um
2: I've always wondered who who did make up all those Asian based jokes.
1: As I as I say, it is uh, the the writing staff it, it comes from all different places and often people mm-hmm. don't even remember yeah, where this
2: the room it's the room where yeah.
1: this where this stuff comes from yeah um so we don't I mean you 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 get a sense of this clip um I notice uh as we cut between because people know how these shows are made um you know we'll just do a one person's angle and then you get the coverage of mm-hmm, other people's mm-hmm. angles. But gradually, as this scene plays out, there's like sort of an increasing amount of, I guess, blood, kind of spattering the table that they're sitting yeah. on, and um, yeah, some of the characters' clothes, and some of it looks like they've yeah. they have tried to clean it up, and 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 a it, lot
2: of that happening because you know a lot of the close-ups were, of course, you know there's close-ups and two shots on Horatio and Chris because again, yeah. they were making all the jokes. A lot of the blood would be appearing from off screen towards the areas where I was I was at at that point because yeah. the blood was, again, um, there's a... I don't love talking about this part, and I have apologized to his family because he has passed on since, but there was a man named Hank. Hank was a proud union man. He was a teamster. He was... Uh, not a PA, uh, maybe like a gaffer, a, yeah, a sure. best boy he handled, a uh-huh. lot of rigging, wires, electronics. And uh, I don't know why Josh targeted him, that was him. yeah. But Hank really took one for the team. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the way that Josh, Josh claimed that he liked to stay present in scenes mm-hmm. by lashing out violently. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Hank was the object of his desire with that. And, you know, being the star of the show, I was able to make some demands on Josh's behalf. And, and and I don't know what they had to pay Hank. I don't know exactly what was said or done or promised or threatened, but Hank would very often, when I was off camera, I would stay warm as an actor by physically beating this elderly man. And I want to be clear, and he did not die from that. He lived no. through Big Lake and he died of natural causes many years later. sure. With I'm sure some emotional scars, but I did not kill a man. But I did hit and kick and humiliate a man he, over and over
1: and over again. He, di- I mean, you say natural causes. He he drove to Big Lake, Pennsylvania. The real the town. We're not allowed yeah. to say the name legally, but the town of right. Big Lake is is based on yeah. And Mort- I believe it's Lou Morton's hometown. hometown. Yeah, and he he filled his pockets with rocks. Yeah. And he walked into the 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 big lake. Yeah, I was like I, said, I mean, our
2: rocks are natural. A lake is natural. Those are pieces of nature. I didn't mean, I did not mean to imply natural causes like oh, okay. old age or anything. Yes, like. natural, natural causes, causes and that
1: nature caused his death,
2: pertaining to things relating to nature, rocks, lakes. Uh,
1: and you did have a the sexual tree
2: that he he crawled out on the limb of a tree and.
1: You had a sexual relationship with him. Well, as well,
2: yeah, I mean he was a member of the crew, yeah. so. Okay.
1: Yeah. And also with when uh David Itzkopf came yeah, from, from the New York, Times, New York, Times to yeah. review the show. Yeah. You very quickly, yeah, uh, did this kind of like sexual psychodrama mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. um and encouraged him to put it into the yeah. The, he, end of it, the piece.
2: it hit the cutting room floor, unfortunately, but you mm-hmm. can um you can Google New York Times if you put New York Times, Gethard, I believe the title was The Unlikely Pressure of Being a Sitcom Star. You can yeah. read that article right now and he does not mention the uh the uh very heavy amount of of as you say, psychosexual domination I tried to inflict on him. David Itzkoff, to his credit. A true journalist, one of the only people strong enough to resist Josh's sexual advances. Uh-huh. When Josh wanted it, he generally got it. Mm-hmm. Um, David Itzkoff managed to stay impartial. You will notice in the article he did publish one thing. He did say a quote from me mm-hmm. about how I have only cried one time thus far. Right. That's a quote you can read in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, and Itzkoff left out a lot of other quotes and advances and things he witnessed out. Yeah. I think because there was a certain level of – a certain way to keep this story professional and within the realm of his journalistic interests.
1: And w- what he didn't explain in the thing is that the, you had only cried one time, but it was like a continuous –
2: Yeah, it was for four days. – cry. It yeah. was
1: on, ongoing even, I think. At Off the, camera, on at, camera. At the time of that yeah. interview. Yeah. Even though I
2: generally did not eat, I would go to meals and sit next to other people and cry when mm. they ate. Yeah a lot of prolonged eye contact with different people while I just cried. Mm-hmm. And where if they tried to comfort me or speak, yes. I would physically stop them from speaking. Yeah, I would shake them. I'd put my hand over their mouth, and I would just look them in the eye, and I would sob, and I would cry.
1: And it felt like as Josh had control of different parts of your body, uh, it could, in your eyes, you, Chris, were crying, but Josh had control of your tongue, which was licking up uh-huh. all the... Tears. Yeah, it was very and, and enjoying very,
2: uh, them. Yeah, I mean, it, to the point where it was actually concerned that I was consuming so much. I don't know if tears are salt water.
1: They're sodium. Certainly, the sodium content but the, yeah, was the, something to worry. The about. The
2: onset medic actually did have to again strap me down at one point and do all these sodium checks, which I didn't even know were a thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah. You know, one of the aspects of the sexual side of things that I've never understood, because it's a physical, although I guess this just shows how much of sexuality actually is mental. Mm-hmm. There's one thing, one thing that Josh was able to do that I've never understood, because I've never been able to do it, which was that when Josh would ejaculate, he would not lose his erection even slightly, ever, ever. He decided right. I remember because I, you know, we were
1: all sort of witness to a lot of these things. Absolutely. It would, like Jay Z
2: said, on to the next one, on to the next one. He would, it
1: would seem to get more powerful. Yeah.
2: And and it wasn't like he would, it was, he wasn't edging, he wasn't stopping himself from ejaculating to continue this sexual domination. Mm -hmm. He would ejaculate uh, healthy amounts of ejaculate.
1: Yeah. And then just really turn around and continue. Yeah. Yeah. The velocity of these
2: things. And and it was I was always amazed too. If he wanted to ejaculate in a minute's time, he could achieve that. If he wanted to last 90 minutes, he could achieve that. It was almost like he could just choose when to ejaculate, like 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 cocking a shotgun and pulling the trigger. And just with that look in his eyes, turn around. Who's next?
1: There was a physical, like, cocking motion Oh yeah, with the testicles. Yeah, and, that was not and, metaphorical. Yeah. And a sound effect Yeah, I think that cult, he was making with he, your mouth.
2: He would cut both of my testicles in my hand and then pull them forward. He'd pull them quickly forward and backwards, and yeah. while he did that, he'd go. Chick, chick. And then when he ejaculated, he would go, boom, he'd go, chick, chick, boom. And then, yeah, he would continue on to the next person. But it was. It was like he would he would make love, have intercourse, yeah. fuck, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. And that was all about the experience and the domination. And he would the say, actual ejaculation he would say, was a... He would, say, ch-
0: ch-
2: he would say rip. Yeah, he would say I'm going to rip you. And now's the time that I rip you with my thickness.
1: Uh, let's talk about the end of the show. Um, the ratings were obviously good. Um, the, yeah, as you great. said, the DVD sales were good. Uh, I... Think it was, um, I guess at the time, Governor George Pataki was the one who yeah. who, who got involved, yeah. and yeah, I guess changed yeah. the laws to kind of shut this thing, yeah, and I down. mean
2: because Comedy Central, this was one of these deals they call them ten ninety deals, yeah, 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 they, yeah, that yeah We yeah, did yeah, ten yeah. episodes, and everyone committed to that, yeah, and we get ninety, and if it got picked up, that means it would instantly be eligible for syndication, which is a very big money mm-hmm. prospect for any show. And the uh, Comedy Central actually offered to... They said, we don't want 90. We're going to pick up 200. Mm -hmm. We want 200. We want to commit to an order of 200 episodes of Big Lake. Right. And Governor George Pataki did personally. Uh, He came down from Albany when he heard.
1: Which I think was... It was like a public health, public safety issue at the time because... uh, your corpus, you know, your yeah. corporeal form was sort of becoming the epicenter mm-hmm. of this sort of supernatural. Well, I think when my I think when my eyes Cup when
2: Studios. my eyes changed color is when we all got very concerned. I have blue yeah. eyes, and when they became like a very deep chestnut brown, yeah, it was clear. This needs to
1: stop. And so he did. And I know that's affecting. He's a he's a presidential candidate now, although I think he actually did drop out recently, and I know a lot of that was the residual yeah, I mean, resentment over people did want more show people.
2: It was interesting because he really he took it from both ends because it's like a lot of people who said we want it more Big Lake
1: yeah who are
2: you to stop us from this show that we love? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you remember the ratings from Big Lake, mm-hmm. this is a this is a show on Comedy Central, uh, uh, a a cable network that head to head is going up against. I mean it's it's going head to head against Monday night football mm-hmm. and it's winning in the ratings it's going head special event episodes cbs abc nbc these powerhouses put big lake up against anything and big lake that, didn't even need to be on a regular schedule you place it against other shows biggest shows to poach it them. was an assassin
1: yeah, and I think that's why they did end up airing the finale uh, and at five p.m. on a Friday mm-hmm. was because there was the threat that this would be the end of television. Yeah, uh, and that, that people would only would would have their need for entertainment satisfied. There was
2: real concern that people, people would watch the hour. final episode of Big Lake and say they nailed it, and we can finally move on.
1: And destroy their TV.
2: Yeah, and there was a lot of viral footage of uh, broken TVs that had been thrown out of windows, West the
1: Street. The TV dared to to show more content. I do.
2: I mean, I have spoken to, I mean, dozens of people mm-hmm. as I've rebuilt my career, um, who have approached me and said, you know, I've I've never watched TV again since the last episode of Big Lake because, mm-hmm. frankly, sir, I never had to. Mm-hmm.
1: And but, I know Josh at the time was discovering an ability to travel between televisions yeah. and actually interact. Again, sexually. With with viewers. With viewers. Yeah, that got very intense. Were you able to experience that? Were you sort of following him?
2: I physically experienced sexual satisfaction with viewers who were having sex with a character on their television screen at
1: the time. And I remember footage from the International Space Station of the satellite mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that the show was being beamed to taking on sort of Josh's... Head like one like one of the big flaps or whatever became his head, yeah, uh, and he sort of possessed this it was the satellite
2: remarkable, he really was, i mean he like I said, he lived in that world, yeah, and he was he was self aware enough to know that that world was inside t v and therefore he knew, yeah, you know what it almost was was that television to Josh is almost like what lucid dreaming was does, that's when a lot of it really got out of control. Lucid dreaming. A lot of people say that the way you can control it is if you realize you're dreaming and you don't wake up. You can then tell yourself to do things. And yeah, you can sure. control
1: your actions. Like you can, like a girl from high school that, like you. Yeah, you can collect, say I you want like summon. You her. can
2: say, "Oh, that girl's behind that door. Let me open that door," and then she's there, and mm-hmm. then you can, you know. Have that conversation, that wander that, f- that you've always wanted to have, um, but Josh, it was very similar. When when Josh became self aware that he was a TV character who was able to use me to cross over into our world, mm-hmm. he also implicitly understood that TV is a thing that is broadcast and beamed through fiber optics and satellite signals, and that he could use all of those for physical, some might say, electronic or even metaphysical travel. Mm-hmm. This was a very, very strange element of my life. Because it didn't happen within my body, but my body would generally shut down when he did it. My eyes would roll into my head and I'd have seizures. A lot of that
1: on the show as I well.
2: A lo- there were so many production delays while I had seizures. Just so many times where everybody had to sit around and wait while I had just...
1: Let's talk about... Your life after the show, you have... Uh, well,
2: I will, I will say this, yeah. and again, you're moving on to protect me, but Sean... Yeah. Sean at the top did say he didn't want us to just talk about the Big Lake experience overall. He did say we should the talk incident. about the incident. Okay. So I don't know if you're planning on bringing that up later, but I want you to know you don't have to walk away from it on my behalf.
1: No, let's... Um, I think that's a good way to... Uh, Before we move on? To end the show. Um, to end the show. So we'll get yeah. to that. No, no, no. I I, Are we I at think the end now. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I, 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 yeah. This is it. And I think if you want to address the incident now, that would be great. And I think it's good for people to hear the lead up to it as well because they're going to want to like try to cut straight to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, definitely.
2: Um, so, yeah, go ahead. A little context uh, Dylan Blue is the character who played my younger brother. He was 13, 12 at the time? Yeah, of the show? yeah, yeah. Around that age. Mm-hmm. He was a boy he was a minor mm-hmm. um, and I don't mean of the coal variety yeah and,
1: yeah. and I know you're trying to lighten the movie. Yeah, but it is actually a very serious I just am worried how that's going to come off in this context, but yeah yes, he, he was he was underage. he was
2: very underage and uh his parents really good people, him great person and uh there was a stretch. Where production stopped entirely because I disappeared and Dylan disappeared. And one thing that many of the people involved in the show know is that I did charter a private plane. And most of those two and a half days, uh-huh. Dylan and I spent together on that private plane. In day. the air. In the air. Mm-hmm. Coming down for refueling.
1: Mm-hmm. Or often, you know, a tanker jet sort of flying alongside you and yeah. refu- refueling, refueling in the jets, air.
2: Which I have to say. Uh, is the type of thing that you can only afford with Big Lake money. When you get to that level of money, yeah, you can private a jet and private a refueling jet, Mm -hmm. uh, actually a whole network of refueling jets um, to remain in there where people can't stop you or bother you. And uh, a lot of people have wondered forever what happened on that plane. I want to be clear, I did not. Sexually engaged with an underage child. I want to get that out of the way right mm-hmm. now. Um, that being said, he grew up a lot on that plane in a way that was unfair. And I think I'll leave it at that. But once I kidnapped a child and took to the sky.
1: I think that Would you say it was worse?
2: Than a sexual encounter? Yeah. Um, it's tough to say because I don't want to discount that. I don't want anyone who's a survivor of abuse to listen to this and think I'm discounting that, making any level of joke about it. Right. I would never. Um, I mean, the boy was kidnapped. Uh-huh. The boy was kept in a plane for two and a half days. The boy could, he was 80,000 feet in the air at a certain
1: time. But something on, happened up on there. on the border
2: of space. I took, I took Dylan to the border of space. Okay. A lot of things happened up there. A lot of things happened up there. And, you know, once once you kidnap a child and you start traveling, not just between state lines, but yeah. through airspace. I mean, we were over Canada. We were over Mexico. We were in the air for two and a half days straight.
0: Yeah.
2: At that point, yeah, the governor of New York City is going to personally come down from Albany and shut you down. And uh, it cost a lot of people their jobs, their livelihoods. There are a lot of people who are excited to do 200 more episodes of that. A lot of people who are already putting down deposits on houses. A lot of people who thought they were going to get their kids through college without loans. And, and I took that away from those people. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, I got to tell you uh, very frankly that when you hear me get emotional like this and I say I, that's Josh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can feel it and you can see it. And I see you physically getting uh, back to a place where you're showing fear. And I understand because I didn't make it easy on people. I never made it easy on people, but there were some things that Dylan needed to hear about acting about life and yes about love at times uh and I, I i know that what i did cost a lot of people a lot of money but i am the alpha and that is how it needed to be
1: now and you uh you know we do have to end the show mm-hmm. um and i and i see you getting up and uh walking the door
2: yeah. I can come. I can step back if you need me for more.
1: Okay, cuz the door does need to be open for us to be able to leave the the studio. Right.
2: Right, we're going to leave. Right. Of course you need to leave cuz nothing lasts forever, does it? Nothing lasts forever, and I've proved that once and I can prove that again. I can prove that anyway. You need me to prove that? Nothing lasts forever. And you think just cuz you're committing this to audio means that it'll somehow live on? It'll be proof, it'll be evidence, it'll be a record of what happened here. Not necessarily. I can go in that computer. I can live in that wait, co- What I'm saying is if you have any wait. cute ideas about trying to say something right now about certain things that maybe I've brought out of my bag, if you want to verbally name what those are, this audio doesn't need to exist. And uh, I can travel right through these headphones into that computer and I can remove it. So say whatever you want. We'll edit it out. A listener right now might hear an edit happen and they'll know that that's me being a man of my word.
1: It looks like... It looks like you have somehow, it looks like a small version of of Chris Gethard in a jar, but you're Chris Gethard. I'm not Chris Gethard. That's Chris Gethard. He's a little man, and he is weak, and I am strong. I am strong, and I am dominant, and this
2: world shall know. The shallow world shall know the depths it needs to see. Dylan Blue holds secrets and do not listen to this Dylan Blue episode. Secrets. Do not listen Dylan to this Blue podcast. Secrets, and David. there will be a time here when we, the world here will realize. Do not air this. He's there will in, be a time when the inside world understands the sound file. There will be inside the a sound time file. when Dylan Blue understands that their secrets are bye. meant to be revealed. Bye. The world I'm saying bye. We'll see has the point end. when the secret, and then I will not be the villain. I will be your hero, and you will look back on Big Lake, and you will know it was never a television show. It was a Bible. It was a guide. Bye. It's not it was working. a guide bye. on how you live your life life and how you need to live your life and the gods you need to repent to my friends are within big lake Bye. Right. So look to your dvds and know that gods will not forgive you hollywood
1: handbook hey everybody it's paul Shear. i have a podcast with june diane Raphael and jason Mendoza where we watch the worst movies ever made and then we try to figure out how did this get made do we get answers no but i think it's a fun time it's kind of like talking with all your friends after you watch a really shitty movie here take a listen from what, what i know of tornadoes they're <laughs> they're wind essentially yes. that's picture and what do you know of oh, tornadoes I'm about to tell june with an amateur storm My, chaser go like, ahead wind starts to sort of pick up dirt and debris and it kind of collapses you, you know in nothing a, about tornadoes <laughs> so, no, 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 no 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 like keep, let her go like- listen to how did this get made on earwolf or your favorite podcast app we would love it if you did
0: Brought to you by Wolf Cool Productions, a subsidiary of Calvin and Hobbes. Ow,
1: baby.
2: That was a HeadGum Podcast.